Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we're going to be breaking down week 15 in the NFL, specifically the three Saturday games. That's right, we got NFL football on a Saturday now. Uh, side note, honestly, they should have started the Saturday games last week. There, were, you know, there was only one college football game, the Army Navy game on. It would have been real nice to have NFL football at one and seven. You know, kind of like how they're doing this week. But anyway, I'm thankful to have NFL football on a Saturday, and you know, it's three. Pretty good games, and so we're going to be breaking it down here on this podcast for both season-long fantasy and for daily fantasy purposes. Now, for season-long fantasy, honestly, you're probably in the playoffs at this point. If you're listening to this, you might have made the playoffs. You might not have. Either way, it is start your studs time. Don't get too cute time. Like, this is not the week to say, hey, Brock Purdy's been playing well. Let me start him over Patrick Mahomes. No. Play your studs. If you need to find somebody, you know, off the waivers, or um, you know somebody on your bench that might be worth a start, maybe, but it's not the time to go crazy. It's not the time to do stuff that will make you look back and think, dang, that was a dumb decision. All right, so I'm going to give you a few guys here on this podcast that I do like for season long and daily, and a few guys that I think are worth looking at in season long and daily if you need a spot starter for an injury or you know something of that nature. Anyway, that's going to be what's on this episode. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast feed. We got a lot of sports going on, and we got a lot of content coming your way. We just did two episodes for college football bowl season. We talked about the Friday bowls and the Saturday bowls for this week. Make sure you check those out if you're playing college football DFS. And I got to always promote my own stuff, so head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. If you want access to my full DFS lineups, the lineups that I'm playing on FanDuel and DraftKings every week, uh, along with a quick write-up, and... They've been running pretty good lately, and all these lineups work for college football, NFL, college basketball, and more. So check that out if you're interested. And also follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks for extra stats and facts that I don't always get to during the show. And I will happily answer any lineup questions or start sit questions on the Twitter. All right, that does it, guys. So let's go ahead and start talking about the Saturday quarterbacks. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So since we got three games going on, we got six total quarterbacks, and I'm going to try to do my best to break them all down here. Um, if I were ranking just the quarterbacks in this game, one through six, Josh Allen, Tua Tungavailoa, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Deshaun Watson, and then Tyler Huntley slash Anthony Brown. All right. So let's go ahead and start talking about Josh Allen. He was the one I had first. You know, kind of obviously he is Josh Allen, right? Um so I think he's got a pretty good matchup heading against Miami. Miami gives up an average of 22 fantasy points to quarterbacks, and Josh Allen averages 26 points per game. And Allen had 30 fantasy points last time he played Miami way back in Week 3. Now, the one thing that is kind of a red flag for Josh Allen is the weather concern. Like, it is supposed to be snowing in western New York this week, and especially on Saturday. So you could end up with a snow game, which might make it more difficult to throw the ball. But the good news is with Josh Allen is that he does get you points by running as well as throwing. If you remember the Jets game from last week, you know, it was kind of a mild snow, but in that game, Josh Allen had 10 rushing attempts, 47 yards, and a touchdown. So, even if the weather does end up being a little bit of a concern, Josh Allen can still pick up some points with his legs. Second on my list was Tua Tagovailoa. And honestly, in a season-long league, you might want to try to find another starter this week if Tua is supposed to be your guy. That's just my opinion. Um, looking at Tua, 
the last two games have been not good, and they've tied directly into the health of their offensive line. They've been playing without Teron Armstead. I'm pretty sure there's another offensive lineman that I do not know the name of right now that they're playing without. So that offensive line has given Tua time to throw all season. He needs time to set up the routes that they're running in this offense. The Dolphins are honestly one of the best intermediate passing teams in the NFL because what they do is they have, you know, they have a good offensive line usually, so they have time to throw, and Tyreek or Jalen Waddle beat somebody with speed on a crossing route about 15 yards down the field, and Tua has the accuracy to hit it. Now, that gets exponentially more difficult with those offensive line injuries because now they don't have time to set up those crossing routes. So in the two games that Teron Armstead has been injured, Tua Tagovailoa has only had 16.8 and 12.6 fantasy points. And one of those was against the Chargers, which is not a great defense. So um, just it, that's the reason why I would stay like away from Tua this week. In daily, I'm staying away from him. In season long, I would be probably looking to find another starter. Now, if you are a Tua guy and you're looking for some good news, the good news is that the Bills have been deceptively bad to quarterbacks in the last five games, including giving up 25 fantasy points to Jacoby Brissett. Their injury to safety Micah Hyde in the secondary has really hurt their pass defense. So that's kind of the silver lining if you're stuck with Tua or if you want to play Tua in daily to be a little contrarian. Those are the two kind of points that uh, play in his favor. But like I said, I would be looking elsewhere if I was relying on Tua this week. Third on the list is Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins has been surprisingly good lately. He has over 20 fantasy points in four of his last seven games. And to me, it's also slightly because of the volume. This Vikings offense has been throwing a lot. He has over 35 throwing attempts in six of his last seven games. So you're looking at a guy who's you know going to be back there slinging it all game long. And the matchup isn't bad. The Colts give up an average of 17 fantasy points per game. And Kirk Cousins averages 17 fantasy points per game. So this is about a middle-of-the-road matchup for a quarterback who's been above his own average a little bit recently. So I think this is a good spot for Kirk Cousins. If he's available on waivers in a season-long league, I think he's definitely worth a start. If he is, you know, like if you've been somebody who's been playing two quarterbacks all year long and trying to pick which one you want, I think it's not a bad option to go with Kirk Cousins, and I really like him in daily as well. Speaking of guys I like in daily fantasy, Matt Ryan is one of them. Minnesota has been really bad to quarterbacks in the last five games. They've given up 29.1, 22.5, 26.3, 20.6, and 25.6 in their last five games. Five straight games of over 20 points in a row, and for an average of about 24 fantasy points per game. Now, those five quarterbacks also were not exactly the most impressive names either. Jared Goff, Mike White, Mac Jones, that's the really big one, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. Okay, that one we might expect a little bit. But still, not great quarterbacks have carved up this Vikings defense, and they've just kind of been just not good against the pass. Now, I know the narrative is that when the Colts added Jeff Saturday as their interim head coach, that they became instantly a better running team. And they have. They've run the ball with a lot more success. But Matt Ryan still attempted 30 passes in each of his last three games. So, there's still plenty of volume there for Matt Ryan, and I think the matchup is there that if you are desperate in a season-long league, you can start Matt Ryan. And in daily, I definitely really like Matt Ryan at his price tag this week. Fifth is Deshaun Watson. He had 17.3 fantasy points last game against Cincinnati. And to me, he just looks a little off. Like, he's just... 
like he looks like a guy who hasn't played football in two years. So I just it's hard to get excited about Deshaun Watson. If you were somebody who was holding on to him in season long, waiting for you know this savior to come rescue your season, he ain't it. I hate to break it to you. Um, I just don't see a whole lot of upside with Deshaun Watson, and I don't think the matchup with the Ravens is great. Now, granted, one week could he figure it out and turn it back, turn back the clock the way it was in 2020? Absolutely. I just don't see it being this week against Baltimore on a short week. Six, I'm going to have Ravens QB here, whether it be Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown. I personally would expect it to be Tyler Huntley. I think that Huntley is slightly more playable than Anthony Brown would be, um, but I still think there's better options elsewhere in a season-long league. I think in daily, I think there's better options elsewhere. I think the Ravens' game plan this week is going to be very run-heavy. The Browns are a team that struggles to defend the run. The Raiders are a team who runs very well. So why not do what you're good at and what they're bad at? It just makes too much sense. And so I just don't think there's a whole lot of upside in that Ravens' quarterback position this week. Unless you're sitting there like, hey, you know, if they're rushing a lot, they could rush the quarterback a lot. They absolutely could. But I just don't see it. I don't see a whole lot of upside. Um, so, yeah, I, I would try to avoid that Ravens quarterback situation. All right, that does it for the six quarterbacks that are in action this week. Let's go ahead and switch on over to talk about some running backs. At the top of the board for the running back position on this small slate is Browns running back Nick Chubb. Now, Nick Chubb has been great all season, but the last few weeks have been a slight cause for concern. Now, I'm not saying that these two things are directly caused by one another, but it is something that has happened. In Deshaun Watson's two starts, Nick Chubb has exactly eight fantasy points in both of those games, which is not great. And like I said, I don't think that Deshaun Watson starting is causing Nick Chubb to not be fantasy successful, but there's got to be a little bit of a correlation there somewhere, right? He only has 17 and 14 carries in those two games. So he's not just being fed the ball like he was earlier in the season. And I don't know. I kind of, I'm a little bit concerned about Nick Chubb. In season-long league, if you've had him all season, you're going to stick with him because he's your stud. He's your guy. you got to stick with him. There's not going to be better options available on waivers. I promise you that. But you don't have to play him in daily. And I don't know. It's just hard to get too excited about Nick Chubb. The good news is he did have 18.7 points last time against Baltimore. He had like 110 yards and a touchdown. So... I mean, I think he's definitely starter-worthy, but it's hard to be excited and expect the same top-five running back Nick Chubb that we've had all season long. Next up is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, to me, is the highest floor option on this slate. He is definitely the guy that has the highest floor in terms of fantasy points this week. He has over 13 fantasy points in every game since Jeff Saturday came aboard as the interim head coach. He has over 20 carries in all four of those games. And so you're looking at a guy who his workload is back to being a workhorse running back, and he's back to getting receiving work now that Naheem Hines has been traded, which is really good news for a matchup against Minnesota because receiving running backs can feast on Minnesota. Think about those Tony Powered games and those Ramondre Stevenson games. Well, I say games plural, but the Tony Powered game and the Ramondre Stevenson game where those two guys caught a lot of passes against Minnesota and racked up a lot of fantasy points against Minnesota. So Jonathan Taylor. Really high floor. I like the upside as well because the receiving ability, I think he's a really, really solid option this week. Dalvin Cook, I got some concern about. He has single-digit fantasy points in three of his last four games, and 
it would be really easy for someone to sit here and say, oh, that's because Alexander Madison's getting more work, right? Not really. Alexander Madison really hasn't done a whole lot except for Vulture one touchdown two games ago. So this Vikings run offense just hasn't been that great. They've been a team that has been throwing more by volume, and so they haven't been running as much by volume, and it just hasn't led to the same success for Dalvin Cook. So I think that Indianapolis is a decent matchup. We've seen all year that this defense without Darius, I guess, Shaq Leonard now, has not been good at defending the run. And so, I don't know. Like if, In a season-long league, if you got him, you're starting him. Put it that way. In, in daily, I think you can look elsewhere. Um, just It's hard to get excited about a guy who's got single digits in three of his last four games. Now, for the Ravens running backs, I do really like this Ravens running back situation right now. I think it has turned into like a major committee to now just a two-guy backfield. First is J.K. Dobbins who has been active for five games so far this season. He has over 20 fantasy points in two of them. He only finished four of those five games, by the way. So two out of four, a 50%, 20 fantasy points or more in games that he finished. Now, the Browns are also one of the softest matchups to running backs in the NFL, meaning that this should be a game where the Ravens are able to run all over the Browns. I I really like J.K. Dobbins' upside. I really like the fact that he's back and seems fully healthy. Um, So definitely buying in on J.K. Dobbins. Now, Gus Edwards is the second guy in this committee. Last week, Dobbins had 15 carries and Gus Edwards had 13 carries. I don't think Gus Edwards is worth a start in a season-long league, but I do think that in daily he's an intriguing option, especially as a lot of people are going to flock to J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards would be a great pivot play that if Dobbins doesn't get touchdowns, Gus Edwards will be. Now, for the Dolphins running back situation, Jeff Wilson Jr. is currently questionable. We don't really know how that is going to play out. But in my opinion, Raheem Mostert is definitely startable if Jeff Wilson is out. Now, the bad news, though, is that offensive line injury situation has been kind of plaguing the run game for the Dolphins as well as the pass game. Last week against the Chargers, Raheem Mostert averaged about three yards per carry against the league's 31st run defense with the Chargers. So that's a little bit concerning. If you can't run against the Chargers, then who are you going to be able to run against? So I think that if Wilson is out, Moster is a volume play. He's going to be getting a lot of carries, and so he's going to give you a slight bit of upside because of that volume, but I don't know how successful he's going to be because of that banged-up offensive line. Now for the Bills running back situation, personally, when given the choice between the two of them, I would prefer James Cook, not Devin Singletary. If... I'm in the playoffs in a season-long fantasy league. I'm looking elsewhere if I'm relying on Devin Singletary to be my starter. I'm not re- letting my season come down to a guy who I have nicknamed Devin Singletary for the last few years because he just does not get a whole lot of work. And it looks like they're trying to kind of edge him out in this situation as well. So last game, running backs only got 12 rushing attempts. Eight for Singletary, four for Cook. Not too lopsided, right? The game before that, Singletary had 13 carries. Cook had 14 carries. So I'm probably much more interested in the upside of James Cook than just getting a 10 carry and maybe he gets in the end zone stat line from Devin Singletary. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's now switch it up and talk about some wide receivers. So for this segment, I'm going to kind of break it down more so by team than by individual receiver. It just makes the most sense, in my opinion, when you're doing wide receivers because you've got different roles with outside receivers and slots and target shares and all that stuff. So um, let's start with the Vikings receivers. So to me, the Colts all season 
have been a funnel for the slot wide receiver. They've very struggled to defend the slot, just kind of week in and week out. And so the two guys that play out of the slot for the Vikings are mostly Adam Thielen and occasionally Justin Jefferson. So this bodes very well for both of the two of them. I think Thielen is definitely a flex play in season long. And I think the Jefferson, obviously, he's Justin Jefferson. You're playing him in season long regardless. I don't think that this is a good spot for K.J. Osborne because on the outside, the Colts have been very good. They got Stephon Gilmore out there. Gilmore doesn't go to the slot. So you're going to be looking at Jefferson and Thielen being able to feast from that slot position. Now, also, let's talk about target shares. So just last week against the Lions, a team who is also bad against slot receivers, Jefferson and Thewin combined for 23 of Cousins' 41 pass attempts last week. So 23 targets on 41 pass attempts. That's well over a 50% target share between those two guys. So I really think that this is the week where, in daily, if you were going to stack the Vikings, it's a Jefferson-Thewin stack all day long. Now, for the Colts wide receivers, the Vikings are kind of the opposite. The Vikings are a funnel for outside wide receivers. They've been pretty good against the slot. They've struggled on the outside. Michael Pittman Jr. to me this week with this matchup is a top 20 play in season-long fantasy. He's been bad lately. I know. I have him on some of my rosters. But I think you can go back to him this week and put him into your starting lineup with confidence because of that matchup. To me, also, Alex Pierce is worth a dart throw. So the Vikings have been gotten lately by these big fast you know physical receivers on the outside that win deep routes right think dj chark think garrett wilson and alec pierce he might not be as fast as either of those two guys but he's still a guy that he runs deep routes his route tree you know gets very deep and he has the ability to go up and make contested catches you know in deep coverage so i think that alec pierce is definitely worth a shot you know, if you're playing daily fantasy, all it takes is for him to get one deep touchdown and he's instantly paid off his salary. So I think that Alec Pierce is definitely worth a look this week. For Miami wide receivers, Tyreek Hill is still a top five play. Don't panic about that. Like he's going to be a top five play all year, uh, week in, week out. He did only have five points last time against Buffalo. That does not concern me. He's still Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle had 18 fancy points last time against Buffalo. However, I am a little concerned about Waddle. Waddle only has nine targets total in each of the or in the last. Let me rephrase. He has nine targets total in the last two games combined. For reference, Tyreek has 24 targets total in those two games. So Waddle's not seen the same amount of targets since the Dolphins have had these offensive line injuries. So it's definitely worth noting as we go forward on Jalen Waddle. Cedric Wilson and Trent Sherfield are the other two guys that are going to be on the field for the Miami Dolphins, but they're nothing more than a dart throw at this point. Just kind of hoping that the two of them, one of them, you know, might catch a deep touchdown, might be involved for a few catches, but they're nothing more than a dart throw there at the bottom of the board. Now let's talk about the Baltimore receiver situation. So Devin Duvernay had been honestly pretty serviceable until the goose egg last week. Um, I don't mind going back to Duvernay this week. I don't think in a season-long league I would be excited to play any of these guys, but in daily I think the Duvernay, you know, he could pay off that price tag. Demarcus Robinson has been in double digits three of his last four games. To me, he is definitely worth a look in daily fantasy. And Deshaun Jackson, you know, I've been talking about dart throws at the receiver position. He's the ultimate dart throw because he's one of the league's best deep threats of all time, and all it will take is one play for him to pay off his salary. But my concern is, depending on who's at quarterback, can that quarterback get it to him with a deep ball? I don't know. So the Ravens receiver situation might be a stay away altogether. I'm not overly excited about any of these guys, but I think that in daily – Duvernay, Robinson, and Jackson could be worth a shot. 
Now for the Cleveland wide receivers. Amari Cooper has been outstanding at home, and guess what? He's back at home. Last time against Baltimore, he had 10.4 on the road. Now what is very concerning about Amari Cooper is that he only has 8 and 6 fantasy points in the two games that Deshaun Watson has started at quarterback. So maybe, you know, that chemistry might just not be there yet between Deshaun and Amari, but I still think that Cooper's got a lot of upside. He's at home where he plays well, and I definitely think if you're playing season-long fantasy, you're starting Amari Cooper this week. Now, another guy that needs to be added on waivers in season-long leagues and probably is worth starter consideration is Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's had double-digit fantasy points in seven of his last eight games, and he had 12 targets with Deshaun Watson at quarterback last week. All right, that does it for the wide receiver position. Let's do a quick summary of tight end and defense, and then we'll wrap it up for the day. All right, so at the tight end position this week, I am very concerned about Mark Andrews. He has not been over 63 yards or scored a touchdown since week six, which is quite alarming for the guy that was drafted as the number two tight end in fantasy. I think, obviously, in season-long leagues, you're still starting him. The tight end position has been so bad that pretty much anybody with a pulse and getting, you know, a few targets per game is probably worth starting at tight end. Like, it's been, honestly, the biggest wasteland of a position that I have ever seen in terms of my years of playing fantasy football. So, Andrews, you're still starting him in season long. In daily, I'm not paying up for him with how he's been lately. TJ Hawkinson has been the third tight end in fantasy football since he was traded to Minnesota, and that's only because Evan Ingram absolutely went off last week. He would have been tight end two if not for that Evan Ingram performance, and he has at least four receptions in every game he's played in a Minnesota uniform. So I think he's got a very safe, high floor, and I think he's definitely a guy that lock him into your lineups this week with confidence. David Njoku, in his last two healthy games, has had 13.9 and 18.7 fantasy points. Now, I think Baltimore... One way to attack their defense is definitely with a good tight end. They're not great at covering with their linebackers and their safeties, so I think that David Njoku could take advantage of that and continue his recent little hot streak you know, against this Ravens defense. Dawson Knox had seven targets for the Bills last week, and Miami's really soft at tight ends, and he had four targets last time against Miami. I'm generally not a big Dawson Knox fan. I find him to be very touchdown dependent, but as thin as the position is, and, you know, as encouraging it was that he got seven targets last week, I think you can start him in season long, and I think he's worth a look in daily fantasy as well. Everyone else at the tight end position that I didn't just name beside those four is just tight end, or not tight end, is just touchdown or bust. Like, if you're playing them, you're hoping they find their way into the end zone and just hoping to get lucky. Like the Colts tight end situation, there's three of them that could, could score a touchdown. I don't know which one, and I'm not going to try to figure out which one. I'm just going to play one of these other four guys that I just mentioned. Now, looking at defense, if Anthony Brown ends up playing for the Ravens, the Browns defense becomes very playable, and I think that that's probably the number one defense on the slate if it is Anthony Brown. The Ravens are also an option as well on the other side of this game. If you know, if the Ravens have a good quarterback and like Tyler Huntley or somehow Lamar Jackson plays, then I think they're the defense to play over the Browns just because they'll be able to control time of possession and control the ball. Both teams that have played against Deshaun Watson, their defense has scored seven fantasy points. So I definitely think that's definitely an option for the Ravens this week. The Bills are a good option against Miami, who have been really bad on offense without that you know, without Teron Armstead, without their starting tackles. So I definitely think the Bills are an option this week. And the Vikings defense, I definitely think is streamable as well. The Colts have been one of the softest teams defenses all year. Now, 
I'm not interested in the Dolphins' defense or the Colts' defense. I'm just not. So if you're playing daily or if you're streaming a defense, don't stream one of those two. Don't play one of those two in daily. I'm just not on it this week. So last bit is if you're playing daily fantasy, FanDuel or DraftKings, a little bit about lineup construction. So obviously Josh Allen is going to be the polarizing figure this week. If you play him, you're probably going to be edging yourself out of playing the high-priced options at running back and wide receiver. Or if you do, you're going to have to find some really super deep value plays. So um, if you are playing Josh Allen, you're going to have to find a way to cut costs elsewhere. If you're not playing Josh Allen, I think that you can load up on a Viking stack or a Colt stack or stack that game. I would probably not be very intrigued in streaming the Browns versus Ravens game. I just think it's going to be lower scoring, slower paced, and just not the game that you're going to want to stack. So in terms of game stacks, I would probably say that Colts-Vikings would be the most intriguing game stack, followed by Bills-Dolphins, because I think that a lot of people are going to be on Allen whether or not they stack that game. So anyway... That does it for what I'm looking at this week on this Saturday slate, guys. I will be back with previews for the Sunday slate uh, Thursday and then maybe Friday. I don't know what episode I'm doing Friday just yet. So make sure you stay in tune to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast feed. If you're playing daily or season-long fantasy, I got you covered here on Mike's Money Picks. So make sure you subscribe to the feed. Make sure you check out the newest episodes as they come out. I will be back with the full Sunday NFL preview tomorrow. Also, if you are interested in my full DFS lineups, make sure you head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, that does it for the episode, guys. Thank you all for listening. Good luck this week, whether you're playing in your fantasy playoffs or you're playing for a lot of money on daily fantasy. Best of luck. Hopefully this advice will help you out, and I will see you all next time. Mm -hmm.